Well, good evening, everybody, and welcome to the International Jimmy Palumbo Show. That's right. We are known in Frankfurt, Germany, but right now we are coming to you live from downtown Montreal here, uh, here at the home of the Montreal Expos. Who are no longer <laughs> forget, here. forget the only active team in the Canadians. And forget Montreal them. Montreal Canadiens. <laughs> Guy, Guy Lafleur is here. Um, I am in Montreal here for the start of the Jimmy Plumbo show. I wasn't going to do the show because uh, this trip, I wasn't supposed to even be here. Uh, <laughs> uh, these pickleball people I play with, somebody dropped out. Next thing you know, I'm like, you know what? Wait a minute, you're up there for a pickleball tournament? No, no, I got oh. <laughs> it. was a planned trip. I wasn't going to go and uh, just wasn't a good time for me. Next thing you know, they're like, ah, oh, come the guy. Drive. Next thing you know, I'm in the lineup. I'm batting eighth. I'm batting like 185. Oh, uh, it's just fans, fans are filing out here. Somebody <laughs> in the upper deck says, every time I feel like I go on these trips, someone in the upper deck's like, who's that? He's still playing? Like, that's, that's, uh, I have the J. You're officially, I'm, you're officially, do you remember that guy? You're that guy now. Yeah. You, you know what's so up. fun? My Sunday dinner. I know you didn't even introduce me. That's fine. Um, my Sunday uh, dinner. Uh, you know what? Ladies and gentlemen, coming from behind the glass back in the States yeah. is Dave Sergio from downtown Madawana Chop Sports Media Universe. Yeah. So the topic of conversation <laughs> last night at the dinner table at my old man's house, which she tunes in from time to time. I had I had to show him your commercial. <laughs> oh, there you go. He got a huge kick out of it. He's like, he's yes. like, that's a that's a big spot. He's like, that that you know that that commercial's been airing for for as long as I can remember. He's like, it starts with the black guy. I was like, yeah, the black guy's still there. <laughs> like it's that Alex, guy. Well, it was Alex Trebek for a long yeah. time, and I'm in this cologne. Those of you scoring at home, I am. Uh, I'm in a Colonial Pen commercial, and I'm happy it's airing. I'm hoping to get some checks so I can pay Dave for doing my social media. I, I, I tell people that's what I do. What do you do? I, I'm an actor. I, I just try to work to pay Dave. And uh, <laughs> He so, runs TikTok for me. I don't yeah, know. Do. TikTok, Twitter, shitter. Uh, all of it. But uh, all of that stuff. But, mm. yes, the Colonial Pen spot is airing, I believe, only on TV land right now. Anybody else sees I'll it? Watch please. King of Queens, folks. That's what I'll yes. be watching today. I'm not feeling uh, that I great. Think, so as soon as I get back home, King of Queens is on, King and hopefully I see it. That's what you got to do. But however, since we're doing the Jimmy Palumbo show, this is show number 153, one Harry Carson day here at Shea. And of course, what do we do at the beginning of the show? It's based. I just dropped the fucking card. Hold on. <laughs> Part is you dropped the card and I realized my stack of baseball cards is in the office and I didn't grab it. You know what? Due to the fact that it's an international show and the international fan base doesn't necessarily understand the jimmy palumbo show but we sure. have a baseball card here and this guy is none other than your friend and mine mr mike fitzgerald from did the you do that on purpose did you do that i on did purpose? not do that on purpose wow. the, the jimmy palumbo show baseball card segment is one of the best segments you can find anywhere i mean even joe joe rogan right now is really his shaking his in his boots right now he's shaking i go to montreal and i pull an expo i mean this is like carney lansford all over again did you guys and drive by the way yeah, we drove. Oh God, how, how long is that? It was like five and a half. I'm gonna remember. I live at the top of the state, so that's true. Uh, okay, now Mike Fitzgerald Day here at Shea Expos. <laughs> Listen, he played ten years with mm -hmm. the Mets, Expos, and the Cal Angels. Played from '83 to '92. He's about sixty-three years old now. Uh, he had a great career. About a two thirty-five, forty-eight home runs, two hundred ninety-three RBIs. Um, ding dongs. But but his big his big really claim to fame. And again, this is for my Met fans out there. Mm. He was part of a huge New York Metropolitans trade ah. when Mike Fitzgerald, UB Brooks, and Herm Winningham and Floyd Yeomans were traded for the kid, Gary Carter. And oh, many people say wow. that was the piece that got the Mets on their roll. Um, but again, you know, you know, this guy, Mike Fitzgerald, you know, he batted. Lifetime 235, but in his first major league at bat, he hit a ding-dong. One of only, I don't know how many, I think less than 100 people have ever done that. Um, but you know what? The same as uh, Tyler Austin and Judge, who did it in the same game. Do you remember that? Why do I forget that? Yeah. I, believe, I was watching it, but I just forget. Like, Judge and the two guys hit their first first at bat. First, That's unbelievable. It's a classic Yankee show. It was, was it Austin? Uh... 
what was it? Austin Tyler, Tyler Austin, right? Tyler Austin. And He's Judd another one of those guys thinking. that are just like, oh man, remember him? You know, like we, we thought he was going to be guy. the greatest thing ever. I know. Um, it's two home runs. We think it's Ruth. But now this guy was a uh, uh, a big time um, uh, fielder as well. He uh, uh, one of the things uh, his fielding percentage. He finished with like nine eighty eight for a career fielding behind the plate. Uh, now he sells insurance at Cal Coastal Insurance Agency ah, in California. Little plug, little <laughs> shameless plug here from the Omni. Um, and that's it. That's really all he does now. He, uh, by the way, like I know there was a big trade, Gary Carter, and it certainly worked out for the Mets. But like sure. Ubi Brooks, like played 15 years, batted 270. He was a very good player even after the Mets. People think like, oh, all those players. And I, you know. Um, I mean, obviously, Herm Winningham and Floyd Yeomans, but they all played a decent amount of time after the trade. So, but certainly the Mets, they won the World Series 86, and that's all that matters. So, yes, Mike's, Mike Fitzgerald, who was part of the big trade for Gary Carter, and he batted 235, and even his family doesn't know he plays, he played baseball. So, you know, it's funny. I had another, uh, a Jimmyism over the weekend. Um, I was watching the, a documentary on Kurt Angle. You might not know who that is, but he's a professional wrestler, but he won the gold medal in wrestling in 1996. And then he became a WWE superstar, right? So he started there. So I'm watching this documentary and I haven't seen it yet. So I'm watching him. It's coming through his collegiate level. He's winning nationals. He's doing all this shit, right? And then he gets to the worlds. Like I guess there's like a, like almost like a pre-qualifying thing for the, for the Olympics. And you hear the announcer like, this one's going to be a barn burner right here. Kurt Angle live from the Omni. And I was yeah, like, yeah. Ah. <laughs> I like pausing. Omni, and I'm like, Omni. that's it. We should Omni. get, we, we should probably, uh, we should probably there's get so many uh, Omnis. <laughs> I wonder if Marv Albert. I'm not staying uh, at the Omni. Omni. Uh, that's so great. I wish, wish it was still there. We would definitely do a live show from the Omni. <laughs> I think it's not. No, it's the new arena. It's the new Atlanta. Mm, Atlanta, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, that's so funny. The Omni here or at Shea. Mm. Um, anyway, so that's my guy, Mike Fitzgerald. Uh, of course, Patreon, once again, mired. Nice. Stuck at 39. I can't believe we can't get a 40. Um, I give a shout out to, um, ooh, of course, Tyson Hogan and uh, Kyle Kerms and uh, Mike Caprio of CornholeLevel.com. And, of course, the baseball card thing uh, about three minutes too late was sponsored by <laughs> absolute eyewear we have a new format we're supposed to be leading off of that i'm a little shaky with the new format give me some time it's only Daniel, I, I give him some give him a little break i mean he, he is north of the border so yeah i'm above here he's also keeping his head on a swivel right. you just never know out there <laughs> i'm fighting migrants you know it's it's it's, it's tough here sometimes um, i can't wait till that's an article in the post like uh, local jersey man fights off migrants while doing migrants. the jimmy Balumbo show <laughs> And the cops, he was killed. And the last thing, the last thing he heard, the cop heard him say was, "It's migrant day here from the Omni." And then he got his throat slashed. Oh <laughs> can, we, can you imagine, like, really? Oh out, man, I'm fucking weak. Can now. you Holy imagine? Shit. Oh, filling out the police report of I'm doing an announcer voice as I'm getting killed. Jimmy Plumble getting involved with four migrants here on a late night journey coming from the bar. And Step he's back. getting involved. <laughs> Step back. Slice. Got him. <laughs> Last thing he said was tough one here, Jay. And that was it. <laughs> Jimmy Plumble's death calls. Oh, my God. <laughs> on my deathbed, I'm going to try to muster enough to say good. There's, an, there's a business. There's a business. There's a business there. I can feel oh, it. Oh, yeah, sure. Like I always said that about certain voices. I'm like, man, oh, if, if I died, like, I need a, I need a, like, for my eulogy, I need, like, you know, somebody like famous. Or now I just have Jimmy. Do yeah, Jimmy <laughs> if, do I, it, if right? I drop before you, I'll be, I'll be long gone. Or trouble. The, uh, no, I always felt like when Bob Shepard died and went to heaven, God was like, oh, Bob, so good to have you here. Listen, we're going to get rid of the guy we have. He's off. <laughs> and so you just, just as everybody just comes to the, the organ. Yeah. As everybody, anybody that, your attention, please. Now <laughs> passing away of stage four cancer at Sloan Kettering, John Smith. Good evening. And then you have like an announcer. Good evening, everybody. Smith. Yeah. John <laughs> Smith, Johnny Smith's been sick as a dog for six years. He, he struggled early on, but of course, he started to go to church in his late 70s, and he's strolling through the pearly gates here. <laughs> so good to have you. And we do like a sideline, and then you have like uh, one of those sideline reporters. Well, Johnny Smith, obviously you were a filthy whore for most of your life. But towards the end, I tell you, some of the hometown fans up here in heaven were counting out. Oh my With god! Eight games to play. You won seven and one. Good evening, and welcome to heaven. Good. Evening. 
The of course, Palumbo of course if, you, if you end up in hell, it sounds like one of those post-game shows the local radio does after your football team loses. Right. We're here with uh, John Smith in the locker room. Um, tough loss today. You uh, you didn't pray enough. You were a sinner, and uh, it's uh, hot as hell down here. Uh, how, how did how did you feel this went? <laughs> well, we certainly uh, we didn't get it done today. We didn't we didn't I, tackle. <laughs> I gave it one hundred and ten percent. I really yeah, did. I thought I left it all out there. My curveball yeah. wasn't curving, and just That's it was rough. I, uh, it was tough sledding the entire time. But uh, I feel like yeah. uh, God wasn't on my side. <laughs> it just wasn't on my side. I've I've been, I've been a liar and a whore for like twenty five years. And, Listen, uh, I know it's getting a little hot here right now. I'm going to send you back up to the <laughs> send you back up to the <laughs> Thanks, John. Thanks, John. So, I mean, the shitty assignment you got down in hell down there. And then, I would, of course, I would be like, I remember my first time up in heaven. Cool breeze. It was a perfect day for heaven. <laughs> that bitch came out of nowhere. Wow. <laughs> That might be your funniest bit in a long time, and you have to now use that in all your stand-up going forward. I think that's hilarious. Oh, my God. Oh, Too funny. Anyway, so we're mired here at Patreon. Um, I'm up here in Montreal. That is true. My friends just left. I have to I have to literally get outside. It's nine degrees out. I have to find out where they are. They're going to old Montreal or something like that. Though so we can briefly do um, our, our thing. Um, Montreal seems nice. It was snowing and cold yesterday. And um, shocker. Let's <laughs> talk about shocked. it. The Knicks, the Knicks, they have what four guys on the roster now? Oh, I know they're Gucci, on the all star. They're on the all star. Yeah, so okay. They called me. I was like, I can't get down the game. I'm in Montreal. <laughs> um, Brun guys. Brunson let us down. Brunson let us down in a three point contest. So, yeah, there you he go. couldn't get out of the first round. And then Again, but he had like 12 points in the all star game. Look, we, I don't know we, if you plan listen, on bringing up the All Star game, but it is unwatchable. Yeah, well, they all they have to get rid of it. Same thing with but, football. But you got Ernie in the pregame. He's like, these boys, they dream of being here. I'm like, do they? Because when they're there, it's the final score is 200 to 110, and it's right. like no defense, no dribbling, nothing, just zero right. basketball it's actually like, required. Right. It's it's like it's like the Globetrotters meets. I don't know what it is. Right. It's exactly yeah. what it is. Meeting Air Coriel, then did he just drove off the road? If you even get them to Dom Coriel, his birthday was yesterday. Then or, or it's today. Oh, I gotta give him a shot. Well, here's the thing: I he's friends with me on Facebook. I don't know if he actually follows along with what I, don't I do. Think he does. Probably but does. He I probably literally does. said, "I was like, happy birthday, dot dot dot." Did you just drive off the road? <laughs> So you might get yeah, that. I, I don't even know if he listens to the show, nor do I care. Stephen did he work? <laughs> buy you my a Patreon member, by the way. That's bullshit. I know it's awful. You know, I, I look. I realize I have less than forty friends and family. How bad is that? <laughs> you start really, really realizing who who's important in your yes. life. Yes, and also people are like, how do you do it? I don't understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, so you know, I'm like three. Oh, there's a website. What do you touch? What do you do? Yeah, and what do like, you do? Yeah. I, I personally no, would walk through every. I would walk everybody through it. <laughs> like, here, FaceTime me. Show me the screen. <laughs> Show me the screen. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> Can I get involved? Um, of course, uh, my Rutgers had a brutal loss last night. They'd won four in a row. They were starting to come around. It was it was like little dreams of maybe because the schedule wasn't that hard coming in with only one really hard game, which that would be Purdue on Thursday, um, this Thursday. Everybody was like, hey, you know what? If we go six and one, five and two, we get in, we win two games in the tournament, Big Ten, is, you'd be on the bubble. You know, bubble. So all you really want to do is be on the bubble on uh, Selection uh, Sunday. Sure. But they got beat by Minnesota on the road. Look, the bottom line is this. Um, I think Rutgers is better now. And I predicted in the beginning of the year, if you go back, do your research. I said they would be better at the end of the year. Not realizing they had this guy who would come in and play well for them. Yeah, there's um, a lot of praise for that guy all over all over social yeah, media. You, if you watch him, if you if you watch him, you'd be like, oh, you can see he's like this guy's a this guy's a good player. Now, and, what year uh, is he in? Ah, that's a hit one of those NCAA. Dad. I think he's got at least two. He might have. Three. But I'm saying, like, is he going to be joined by the two top yeah, recruits next be, year? Yeah, well, Dylan Harper loves though. his game. Yeah, so next year he'll he'll be one of the be one of the three starters for sure. Mm. But you know what? Listen, Pykel, I love you. Rutgers, Big Ten games on the road in basketball. Everybody's like, ah, Big Ten is down this year. And and rightfully so. I think it is. But, like, those road games, like, like even, like, Penn State, you know, at Penn State, they play, like, Purdue. You know, Purdue's up by four with three minutes left. I mean, like, road games in the pen, in basketball in the Big Ten are just different. I know it's just probably the same in the ACC. It's probably all of college basketball. But – Road games, especially Rutgers, they they do really well at home and have mm. for the last four years. So you just can't win road games. And you know what? 
I think the NCAA selection committee should look at that. Because when you go to the NCAA tournament, they're all road games. Correct. They're all neutral site games. And sometimes, sometimes, know, isn't there sometimes where like St. John's in, could be playing in the garden or something? Yeah, once in a while. But most for the most part of the 64 teams, most teams are playing on the road. And yeah. I think that should be a, a – I think road wins is an important category. Uh, and Rutgers just can't seem to get it done on the road. And bad loss there. Um, also, oh, you remember uh, last week, uh, Don Gullett died. I don't know if you remember him. He was a pitcher on the World Series Reds in 76, came to the mm-hmm. Yankees in a big, big trade, won, uh, won a game in 70 – He was, I'm sorry, he was on the Reds in 75, and came to the Yankees in 76, won a game in the World Series. Mm-hmm. Um but he got one of those injuries, you know, one of those like uh oh injuries. Sure. And they they owed him like he signed one of those ten year, long term contracts. And I remember he 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 injured his shoulders. I probably should know. As my brother's going to yell at me, whatever he injured back then, it was like oh shit, you can't pitch anymore. But the funny thing was his contract was so long, and I remember reading articles about Yankee salaries. All of a sudden, it would be like eight years later, and Don Gullett's making ninety thousand dollars. He still. <laughs> I used to always make a joke, you know, even Don Gullett's still getting paid. But uh, he was he was a very good pitcher back in the day, if anybody is doing that. Um, also, I don't know if you saw, I'm going to talk a little bit about some, we're about to get into some heavy showbiz stuff mm. in a second. But I finally uh, watched Reacher. I completed that. How great uh, was Dom? I, I loved it. I loved it. Dom was great, great was Dom? in yeah. it. Uh, I don't want to do a spoiler alert, but no, I, was, no, no. I was pissed at one point. I'll just leave it at that. Um, <laughs> But I, you know I what I hated? I off. hated like, Fuck this guy. <laughs> I, I hated the ending. It was like, you know what? My I, father did show, too. My father with, did too. He's you know like, what why? With twenty minutes left, the show ended, and then they were just like sitting around campfires, and kumbaya, like, and all of that. Right? Yeah, I'm, and uh, I was waiting. I was waiting for like, uh, you know, and then the bomb goes off. Right. right. And all of a sudden, it was like, no. It's. A, I'm wondering if that was because of the pandemic. And they they didn't have. I wonder that. I don't know when. Or, that or it's just shot. a complete complete cliffhanger. So you have to like you know tune in next time or because right. after the episode was over, the final episode, I was like, "Here's another one next week, right?" <laughs> like I really thought like that wasn't right. it. The other the other show I've been watching <clears throat> Curb. I didn't watch last night's episode. I've been watching Curb. Funniest show on television. I laughed my ass off last week. So everybody, just please watch Curb. It's so funny. Um, I actually I'm started also watching Entourage again for no big, reason. Uh, <laughs> Uh, here you go. Sandy There's 77,000 shows out there, Jimmy. But I as know. soon as the Super Bowl ends, I say, I look over to Steph on the couch and said, Entourage, can we start it over? She's like, <laughs> I, I guess. And I'm like, bang, it's on. <laughs> How many times when you start a show over, the first four episodes, like, I don't remember any of this. Yeah, <laughs> no, and I've seen it a million times. But then, like, there's a little, that's what I kind of look for, the, the you know, the multiple times right. around. I look for the little things. Who's the back, who's right. the backstage, you know, Who's yeah. doing this scene? Who's doing that scene? Like I, I'm sorry. Uh, I think the first season sponsored by Weight Watchers because Turtle is a big moose in the first season, <laughs> yes. and then he looks—he looks like a point guard on Seattle. Don't you remember? Don't you remember the the? Well, you probably don't, but I think it was the season, the last season where Ronda Rousey was involved, and something happens. It might have even been the movie. It might have been the movie, and she—they yeah. hit—they hit the the cars, and she gets out. She's pissed off. She takes her heel off and like smacks Turtle's car. And she sees Vince in the car. She's like, oh, hey, Vince. And then she looks at Turtle. She goes, didn't you used to be really fat? Uh, that, <laughs> so exactly. it's definitely out there. Yeah, it's out there for sure. But good for them. Also, another shout out to my Uncle Tony, who fought in World War One. Uh, uh, he was a left gunner, right or left gunner uh, on a B-17. There's a show on Apple Plus called Masters of the Sky. It's all about these B-17 bombing missions, dude. It's definitely a show like you can't go to bed right afterwards because the whole show. No, well, 20 planes take off for a six hour flight to bomb Germany or wherever, Italy, wherever they were bombing. And then they show the airfield when they come back and like 13 come back, seven come back. So, and, and, and the crew is waiting on the airfield and they're counting them one, two, three. And all of a sudden, every now and then, like all 13 will come back. And they're all fired up. And then all of a sudden, they're missing one. And they, they didn't hear that the plane crashed. And the plane comes in. And it's got, like, no engines, half a wing. It's coming in, like, at an angle. <clears throat> and it just, you know, rolls over the runway. And, and then they have to have an interrogation. When they get off the plane, they have to go into this room. And this guy asks questions, like, okay, did you get the bombs off? Yeah. Uh, but plane number six, what happened? Uh, a bomb hit it directly. Uh, did you see any parachutes? 
they're they're trying to get a number of what plane is and some of the guys don't really want to they're, they're they're all friends and they're like i saw maybe two parachutes uh no i didn't see any and some guys like no chance of any it's it's such a, and my uncle flew 52 of those missions wow but they do this thing called Did he survive flight. all of them yeah yeah 52 oh, you god bless do, you're supposed to do like 25 <laughs> or 26 and they send you home but in the middle of the war i guess paperwork got screwed up and uh, I can't wait to talk about my to my cousins about it. My uncle Tony, of course, passed away, but um, they they do this thing called flak, where when you're flying, these B-17s are way high up, and what they do is that they basically send these bombs straight up into the air, and they just explode where the planes are. But dude, they explode like it's like backward bombing. They bomb from the from the ground up, and so you're flying, and a bomb just goes off in your face and blows out your windshield, and everybody dies. Or it hits your wing, and they're going off, bomb, 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 and and they'll hang on. We're not there yet. Three more minutes to bombing, and you can see the pilots like some guys are like drop them now. Let's get out of here. It's very intense. The acting's great. A bunch of unknown actors, really. It was produced by uh, by Tom. Is it series or a movie? It's series. Masters of the Sky. It's really intense. But here's this is when you know you're an asshole. So you know sometimes Netflix, if, if you kind of. If you uh, you're not paying attention, are you still watching? No, you you oh. I, I went with that. Had that happens all. <laughs> I've gone through five episodes. Had to go back. <laughs> there's a there's a movie called Greyhound with Tom Hanks, and somehow I must have clicked thinking uh, there was another episode, and I ended up clicking on this movie Greyhound with Tom Hanks, and Tom Hanks produced Masters of the Sky, right? Mm. So the opening scene, the first thing you see is an airplane. <laughs> And then they show Tom Hanks like on a on a battleship, and I'm thinking, oh wow, they're gonna show from the uh, from the battleship point of view where the planes were. I, I still think I'm watching Masters of the Sky, and I'm like, oh, Tom Hanks produced it. He's doing a little cameo, right? <laughs> two minutes goes by, three minutes goes by. I'm like, ah, the show's called Masters of the Sky. They show an awful <laughs> lot about on the ship here. You didn't, think, <laughs> you didn't think to hit pause and look at like what you're watching? And he's like, wow. I thought, this is I great. thought the I thought the episode was called Greyhound. The next thing you know, I'm like, I go, what the fuck is it? Next thing you know, I go back, I'm like, ah. I ended up watching all that was another. So here I am. I'm watching planes go down with Americans in the sky. And then I'm watching with the people on boats, with the U-boats from Germany. Basically, it was like, go across the Atlantic. But there's a certain section where there's about 15 German U-boats. And they're going to sink every ship that goes by. But if like three get through, it's like, first that. <laughs> People die. It's, it's awful, but it's intense with those. Anyway, I digress. And then you um, turned out, and then you turned out in air disasters, <laughs> just, know, to make it, just to complete the cycle. Oh, it, made, it totally <clears throat> changes my viewpoint on air disasters for sure. Of course, everything is sponsored by Chasing Miracles here on the Jimmy Palumbo Show, number one five three. Um, we're three weeks away from our anniversary, and congratulations to Chop Sports Media on their third year anniversary. Yeah. Year four started uh, last week. Yeah, we're in. And we made some jokes online. Of course, a key signing. When you, when you, when you go to like podcast research, like uh, <laughs> baseball, Almanac, it'll say a little trades, like history of Chop Sports. One thing's like, Jimmy Palumbo signed for Acquired two months in. Minor league deal at first, and then all of a sudden he's the fucking cleanup hitter. After a post on Facebook, so funny. And then I thought you were Chris. I didn't know who Dave was. Did I meet you the first day? You were like, you were treating actually, me like I was. It's a, funny. It's funny because three years later, now I do play uh, both roles, Dave and Chris. <laughs> you Dave and Chris, right? So funny. But chasingmiracles.com. You got to get these chasing miracles. Step uh, and Dave with the water jug on Cheers. you. Cheers. God bless you. Um, chasingmiracles.com. Go talk to Tommy and Donna. They're stem cell patches. It's all the shit your body needs and stuff works. I am wearing them right now. I brought them to Mantra. I'm internationally mir uh, chasing miracles here, Jay. Um, <laughs> this stuff makes everything better. Sleeping, uh, non-invasive, no needles. You can still pee in a cup and, and, and play for the Knicks. Um, and it, all the, it really does a lot of different things for your body. Athletes use them. Serena getting involved here. Um, I always laugh. Serena Williams. Remember Marv Albert was doing tennis for a little bit. Was that the worst? Like, who made that call? Because he was know. like Joe Buck did golf once, and I was like, I know, but it was doing? like I remember Marv Albert was like Serena with a backhand getting involved here. Oh, and back viciously. And Venus wants to talk it over. Anyway, if anybody gets that material, I just, Marv Albert just. I always want to have Marv Albert just. But what Marv Albert should be up in heaven? Coming up, Dave Sturgeo getting involved, making his way. Ooh, ah. Uh, 
They just find out about an incident back in eighty. They found out about 2018, and they're going to have to take a talking 2018, over. 2018, he was, he was hanging out in DJ's down in Belmar. Unfortunate incident. We'll be right back. We don't know what's going on. God and Jesus are ruling on it right now. He and claims, Peter, he claims, quote, she loved me. I swear to God. St. Peter's, Peter's hopping over there. Oh, now here comes the, oh, the Virgin Mary's getting involved. I'm not so sure. Gonna, we'll be right back because it's sponsored by Chasing Miracles. I can hear the NBA themes. ChasingMiracles.com. Go check it out. Their patches, they're awesome. Now, we patches, they're awesome. <clears throat> we do this little segment also sponsored by CornholeLevel.com. That's right. Um, I don't have the cornholes with me, Dave. I know your cornholes feeling pretty good this week, third yeah, anniversary. Yeah, got a, yeah, um, got a big, big week up ahead. But for 1995, if you have a cornhole board and you're into playing cornhole, you need to get these things. They really are cool. We joke around about it, but it's like a cool thing. You put it on and you want to get the board right. That's this year, I this year I'm 1,000 percent showing up to a barbecue with one, and I don't care. Okay. I have to introduce it to the world and say, like, look. I'm not playing this fucking game unless those boards are level. And how can I do that? Well, I'm glad you asked because right here, here, in, here my, in my cornhole is the cornholelevel.com. Well, so, as, yeah. soon as, as soon as the cowboy logo gets uh, uh, approved, oh, you know, you're have that I'm, sure. I'm first in line. That's so great. Anyway, cornholelevel.com, you get a discount. If you put in JP show, 20% off your $19.95 order. I think it's $1.73 off. God bless hey, but they sponsor a thing we've been doing. <laughs> Uh, Jimmy's credits. Now, Dave, I'll let you take it from here. Yes. I, you know, oh. I think from now on, you know what? You're going to do the, I'm going to send you the corn. You should do the cornhole ad. I could do it. And then we could lead it into. Sure. Sure. Uh, so this segment is brought to you by cornholelevel.com. We already went over this. Everybody knows exactly what we're doing over here, but Jimmy's credits. We've touched on a lot of cool things so far from the family last week, uh, to actually kind of pivoting into talking about 61, which Jimmy tried to get involved with, but that didn't, to no avail. Uh, he wasn't Yogi-esque. Um, no. But I, I will say, you know, we've done Spin City first. We've done Invincible because of football, because it was around the Super Bowl. But this week, it's baseball season. Pitchers and catchers are there. So what better way to talk about one of the most legendary players in adult softball league <laughs> history, Mr. 706 himself, Johnny Trino from Beer League. Beer uh, League has to be the show this week. Well, listen, Beer League, listen, I, I have so much to talk about Beer League. Uh, first of all, I still love the movie. I still think it works, but a lot of I'm people... I'm going to watch it today, as a matter of fact. I think uh, I'm going to watch it know, today. Beer League Day at Shea. Um, uh, the cool thing about Beer League is how really it all started, and it definitely was some, like, not... So many, like, little dramas that went on. Number one, of course... When you deal with Artie Lang, you got some issues there. But the main thing was when Artie Lang did Mad TV, he was finally making some money. He had, his, uh, he had an apartment uh, in L.A. And uh, we were uh, trying to figure out what like what we were going to do. And my buddy Mike Ruane, who was a film director uh, and producer, I did a little thing called Shoebox Blues with him. You gotta, I got to show you that. You're going to laugh. That's mm. Jimmy Plumber with hair, a youngster. Um, rookie year, definitely out of Pawtucket. And <laughs> we started doing things called Bingo Mania. And all. Mike Mike was really good. And Mike ended up uh, producing a tons of infomercials, very similar to Colonial Pen kind of stuff. And we were sitting around. Let's We were going to shoot a short. And Artie was going to like come up with a few dollars to do it. And we were all going to chip in. So for like an hour, we sat around. What can we do? What can we do a short? And all of a sudden, and I'll listen, no one can deny this. I just said, why don't we do a short about what happens 15 minutes before a softball game? Somebody's running late. Someone's trying to get the book together. How many guys are showing up? One guy's talking about his mortgage that he got. The other guy's talking about a shitty Leonard Skinner concert he went to when he was 18. <laughs> like one guy's talking all these different things. One guy's talking about how he got laid last night. One guy's talking about he never gets laid. All these little snippets while you're putting your spikes on. And they were like, yeah, yeah, let's do that. So we made this um, movie called Game Day. And please just Google Artie Lang Game Day on YouTube. I should probably We should probably have that up on uh, the Chop Sports site to see if we can get that. Yeah, and sure. um, it's 17 minutes long. And you see Johnny Trino in there and Artie's character. Um, and it won a couple of film festival screenplay awards, some other ones. You know, we, we had no money because, you know, in order to – it cost you $50 to, to sign up to get into a film festival – and they get 9 million tapes and some film festivals are not putting on dick jokes from, you know, uh, New Jersey. <laughs> they want to do more creative stuff, but yeah. 
It is a very, very funny short. It has the same kind of feel as Beer League, even a little different, actually. Some people actually like it better, but I, I'm not so sure about that. Mm. But it, I love it because it was near and dear to my heart. Now, my buddy Mike Wayne, the director, did an awesome job. He added some more of his own money, uh, and he made he he was all by himself in Florida. Nobody bothered him. He came up with the videotape. He popped it in. Me, Artie, we were like, it was just, we were blown away. And immediately we knew we had to do something different. And Artie started getting involved with uh, Frank Sebastiano, who was a writer for Norm and Letterman. And they started writing the script with Mike Rulane. And here's where the drama happened. Uh, of course, Artie was still doing heroin at the time. And Frank Frank is a, uh, was a big-time writer. He writes for Chris Rock and stuff. And I don't know. I, all of a sudden, like, Mousy, Tom Bolster, who was in the Beer League series we're doing now, and my buddy Tony Menudo, who was in – I felt that anybody in the short should be in the movie. Some kind of role, they, they, yeah. They, they work for free. But I two things happened where I didn't have the juice. Uh, number one, while we were uh, – Frank Sebastiano just decided, I want to direct this. By doing that, he pretty much eliminated my buddy, my, my best friend, Mike Ruane, pretty much eliminated him from – it's like saying, oh, we have a catcher. You're out. You know what I mean? There's no – and there was no legal or legalities to no, that? No, it was like, and then Artie <laughs> was like, well, Frank, and I don't know. And you, you think Mike Has he ever directed anything, Frank? Uh, no, but he had, first. Be, he would have been a first-time director. And yeah. I love Frank Sebastiano. Me and him get along really well. He's a good guy. I'm friends with him today. And I can't blame him. He wrote a script, and he was like, hey, you know what? I want to do this, because he wrote the movie Dirty Work, which you know. Oh, great movie. And the problem is, he wrote that as an R-rated comedy. And at the last minute, he got fucked. And they switched it to a PG uh, scenario, and he got burned by that. That that was supposed to be like a hardcore R-rated. How movie. do they do that? Who who comes up with that shit? The guy writing a check, bro. <laughs> Simple as that. That yeah. wasn't even remotely close to PG well, or PG thirteen or anything. It was well, like almost NC seventeen at the point. But this was supposed to be even more harsh. Trust me. Wow. And so Frank thought, I, I love this concept. He, you know, he's a Jersey guy. He played softball, baseball, and all that. So. What happened was then uh, my, my buddy Anthony Mastromaro uh, got involved. Now, keep in mind, so here it goes. My two buddies from my, my sketch crew were eliminated from the movie, which sucked. Then Mike Ruane and Anthony Mastromaro and Frank, they just didn't see it eye to eye. Uh, I wasn't in the middle of it. Uh, next thing you know, Mike was like banned from going to the set even. And I was like, oh. And then, listen, I think uh, – I don't know. I don't. It's hard for me to say what happened. Uh, I'm friends with everybody now, and it was 16 years, 17 years ago. Um, it just wasn't something wasn't done right. As my father says, it wasn't done right. And but in the middle of all that, the reason why I, Johnny Trino couldn't get involved, Artie and I, we went to Vegas when he was doing the Stern show, that famous Artie being drunk and Howard thing, uh, Stern there, and Artie. We were in a room uh, on his huge suite, which is the largest suite I've ever seen. It's one of those suites you go like, oh, this is where like famous people stay. And Artie was famous at the Hard Rock, I guess. And Artie was in a weird mood coming up, I don't know, drug-induced, alcohol, whatever it was. And he just wanted, uh, as I remember it, because I was not drunk, he he wanted to watch the stand-up tape that he did. He wanted to put it on a DVD. There was girls, hot chicks all over the place. There was like the, the party was rocking and Artie's like, I want to watch this DVD. And I'm like, ah, no, let's do that later. Everybody's gone. Like, well, this is the game's on now, you know? <laughs> and then he insisted on everybody getting kicked out. And uh, he, he put it in. Nobody was really watching because no one, he didn't announce, hey, guys, watch. I think he would have, everybody would have watched. They were all there because of him. And uh, next thing you know, everybody out. So me and Shecky, Mike Lawler, Dolphin guy, Patreon. We start getting rid of everybody. All right, you guys got to go. We got to go. And I'm being like, guys, we got to go. Party's over. We got to go. And everybody kind of, after about like 10 minutes, everybody, we got everybody out of there. It must have been like 60 people in the room. And then it was me, Shecky, his girlfriend, and or uh, girlfriend or wife, I forget, and Artie. And I was like, all right, we got rid of everybody. Right, let's just relax, bro. Let's just hang out a little bit, whatever. And he's like, you didn't get rid of everybody. I'm like, all right, everybody's gone. I checked all the rooms. He's like, well, you guys are still here. And I said, yeah. He goes, how come you're not getting out? And I was like, well, I said, oh, are you kicking me out? And now you got to understand something. I've been to Vegas a bunch of times. 
99% of the time I am, I have $7 to my name when I go to Vegas and right. I just put everything on a credit card and I'm still paying off some of my Vegas trips now at 58 years old. Okay. Cause you start doing cash advances, bad, bad move. But on this trip, getting involved, Jimmy Flubb, I remember I had like $800. Okay. Not bad money. I, I get you one night somewhere. <laughs> yeah. I also had my own hotel room at a little shitty, they don't even have these anymore. A little shitty hotel that had a little casino. So I had my own, like, I was like, I had my own plane. I was like, you know, I had my own starting staff. So he ends up kicking me and Shecky out, right? And I was like, I was like very angry over that, very. So we get in the hallway and Shecky, of course, is like, hey, Jimmy, you're going to go down to the Stern show tomorrow when they're shooting? I said, Shecky, Stern show. I said, I'm in Las Vegas. I got friends here. I was like, I just got kicked out of a room. Like, I'm gone, man. Like, you won't hear from me. Like, bye-bye. I didn't talk to Artie for a year and a half. Holy shit. And I, now where, where is the movie in all this? Where's what, okay. like, did it, we're did it in, get released? We're in, we're, we're in pre-production. Okay. So I'm still working with Anthony and, and, uh, uh, and Frank Sebastiano, me and Frank were playing wiffle ball at his house. We were, and I kept on saying, Frank, am I still playing Johnny Trino? He's like, Jimmy, Artie doesn't say anything. Um, I wrote the role for you. You are Johnny Trino. Like, you know, I was like, all right. Then another five months. Hey man, I haven't talked to Artie. He's like, Jimmy, stop it. I, I, I don't know what to tell you. I don't, I'm not getting involved with you and Artie. You're in the movie. Like, okay. Next thing you know, I did table reads with uh, with uh, Frank Sebastiano with some some big, heavy TV writers making changes. It was really cool to be a part of that. I was reading all the different voices. I was reading Maz and Maganelli to, just to keep it off its feet. And um, But next thing you know, it gets closer and closer. And all of a sudden, about three weeks away from shooting Beer League, Anthony, Anthony Mastermara calls me up. He's like, Jimmy, Artie's a band. It's heroin. We don't know what's going on. The, the, the producers are going to pull the funding. It's not going to happen. And let me tell you something. You want to talk about bitter Jimmy Day at Shea. <laughs> I was so angry. I, it was in the middle of summer. I'll never forget it. It was like June, beginning of summer. I just went down the shore with like three cases of Bud Light and drank. Like I drank myself to death. I was so, I was like, this was a big role for me. And to have my buddy, because of his drug problem, kill the whole thing it was a big deal for Frank. It was a big deal for Anthony Mastermar. It was a big deal for me. The only thing it wasn't a big deal for was Artie, because he was already already laying on the stern. So who, so who, uh, who plays Peacemaker in all this? Well, no Peacemaker. What happened was, I remember that weekend. So this was like Thursday night. I find out about this. Uh, we played softball on Friday. I shot down the shore. I drank all weekend. I left Monday morning. I was hungover coming back. Like I had $3 to my name and I drove home and all of a sudden I put the Stern show on and Artie was on the air. And I'm thinking, oh, wow, they must have put an old one on because Artie's having issues. Then I'm listening. I'm like, wait a minute. They're talking like, turns out, and this is kind of public at this point, Artie took one of those new miracle pills called Subutex. I'm blowing the name where it masks heroin and immediately can like bring you back, uh, you know, uh, to, Interesting. To, not sober, but I, I forget. So they're, they're like $70 a pill, whatever the hell. Like electrolyte, but no, up. it's, it's a real thing. It's a, okay. a, a, now they do it in shot form. I think now it doesn't cure you, but it, whatever next, thing you know, it, it does get you up and running. Um, I wish I knew more about that. I don't know. Do I care to know more about that crap? Um, and next thing you know, we're like, Anthony calls me up Tuesday morning. He's like, Jimmy, we're back. I'm like, oh my God, no way. So we had to go to the table read for the first time. All that time. beer. <laughs> All right. that beer drank. Right. All that beer drank. <laughs> I was hungover. So now we have to go to the first table read. I hadn't seen Artie in a year and a half. I was like, what's going to happen? I was still angry, to be honest with you. But I was like, you know what? If anybody who knows me, I tend to get, uh, I can get angry and bitter, Jimmy, but over time, uh, you know, it's like, all right, well, well, I, it's not whatever, but it's like, um, no, nobody got killed. I don't know if you know what I'm saying. It's like, all right. I yeah, get it. A, I get he's it. Just, I mean, in business, I'm the same way to a fault. Somebody really screws me over. It's like, you see him again. Like, all right, yeah, what you gotta do? My dad was like that. Some people are like that old Italian thing. No, 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 no. no. You screwed me. I, I can't even look at you. I wish I was more that way. I'm not. But I loved Artie. Still do. Always have. Um, and I consider myself a dear friend of his. And he knows it, too. And um I, he, he walks in the room and he's like, Jimmy, man, what's going on? He gives me a big hug. And he goes, how you doing, man? What the fuck, man? You're an F. I, 
he, I, I said, Lord, I tried to reach out to you once about seven months in. He's like, I didn't get it. Oh, shit. I was thinking about reaching out to you. Uh, game over. We're, we're back on it. We do the table read. And uh, it was, you know, seeing Maganelli for the first time and Matty Corman. And I mean, and next thing you know, we're shooting Beer League. And it was exciting. Now, keep in mind, one thing is we shot the movie Beer League when the Stern Show was on K-Rock. When the movie came out, it was on Sirius XM which at the time had nine listeners, eight truck drivers. I was one and of them. I think, and, some, and, and, and Dave Sturgeo. Um, <laughs> it was not the audience. It, it, there was no Howard Stern channels, 101, 102. It was like not, it wasn't all, it was, nobody had it. You had to get a little doohickey in your car that plugged mm -hmm. in. It was like an external it, it was, thing. Yeah. There were no cell phones the way they are now. And it might've even been pagers for all I know. Um, but we, we, we shot the thing. And of course it stars, you know, Ralph Macho and Artie and Seymour Cassell and Anthony DeSando as Maganelli. Elizabeth Regan, my wife in the movie, Maddie Corman, Joe Latrulia, who we have had on the show, and the lovely Cara Bono, who's uh, on Stranger Things, and uh, that's about it. And, uh, and of course, your friend and mine, Michael Deej, Alphonse. And we started shooting this thing. Uh, we shot in two locations, really. Uh, a field, Tamblin Field, three people just drove off the road, in Rutherford, and also... The, Colo the Colonial Diner in Lyndhurst, which is famous for that scene where we order the food. Sure, it's your, most, it's I your think, most watched clip on your Instagram of all I think it's, you in know the millions. I think it's one of the best scenes. It really is. It if really, you have to, if you have to. a shitty genre of comedic movie in that. Uh, let's break it down. I'm not saying it's on Golden Pond that I'm a young Hank Fonda. I'm just saying break it down to. Though that like Major it League. Screams, League. It screams New Jersey. Correct. dudes it's, it's, it's a perfect like it's just scene. like a it's a and, conversation between three guys that are just Artie, it's awesome Artie and i used to i we used to go to the holland tunnel diner and order just like that come over next you know this massive amount of food and driving home you feel like you're gonna puke on yourself you milkshakes and everything it was great um and but i'll tell you the set of beer league you know gotta remember Artie was struggling man like i give him credit he he's coming off this heroin thing man and he was like just to get him to the set every day. And, and he had to learn his lines and uh, he would go right back to his trailer with his girlfriend, Dana at the time. Uh, I don't have too much to say about Dana. So I'll let that speak for itself. Um, I didn't, I never got to know her that well anyway. Um, and, you know, it was like, and Frank was a first time director. So he was like stressed out. Did, you know, and I would come up to him, Hey, Artie's still in his trailer. And he'd be like, Jimmy, I can't worry about Artie. I got cameras, lights. I'm like, all right. I just decided to shut up. But I felt really bad because one of the things with getting back to the drama, you know, they really, to do the movie, they needed a couple signatures. Obviously, Artie's, uh, Frank Sebastiano, Anthony Mastamar. But the one guy they needed to sign was Mike Ruane from Game Day. They needed to get his signature to shoot this movie. So now, how Mike, is he? How is he still involved? If, if he was okay. just pretty much stepped to the side, he wasn't involved at all. So my buddy Mike calls me up, and he, one thing I love about my friend Mike, crazy fuck that he is, he said to me, Jimmy, you stay on that train, don't worry about me. You, like I, I would, you would say the same to me, like Jimmy, don't, no pride, you stay on that train, I'll be all right. And I guess he kept on telling me about a couple weeks before, hey Jimmy, no one's contacted me, I haven't. Where's my agreement? Uh, this I'm involved with this movie. They can't do this movie without me right. uh, con, uh, contractually, you know? So nobody, I said, I'm like, I don't know how that works. I know nothing. And I didn't want to get involved. Next thing you know, we're like 10 days into shooting. Mike calls me up. He goes, Jimmy, I, I, I contacted an entertainment lawyer. This is a Friday, Friday afternoon. We're done shooting. And he's like, I just want to let you know. There's going to be like a cease and desist and it's going to happen delivered on Saturday to the producers. And so when you come in on Monday morning, you get there a half hour early because it's coming, man. Like it's going to be, they're going to go right to your trailer. I know it because we're friends. So get to the set on Monday. Anthony Mastromaro comes in. There you go. He's like, Jimmy. And he, now listen, I love Anthony. I'm friends with him now. So it's not, he was pissed off too because it was like, what's going on with your friend? What is he doing? He get ruined this whole thing. He's going on and on. And I remember just going like, well, I don't know, Anthony, what does his contract say? What, 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 like, I don't know, legalities. He's like, what do you mean? What contract? And I was like, you, well, you didn't, you didn't get him to sign anything. Like he's part of, he's, he's in the band. Uh, he played bass on the whole thing. Like, what do you mean? Like, and next thing you know, all Mike wanted was to recoup his investment 
that he made on the short. And, and he, he was like, Jimmy, make sure it comes out of the beer league fund, not Artie Lang personally. Well, Artie Lang wrote the check to Mike. And to this day, I think Artie is pissed at that, but he really shouldn't be. It's like, no, Art, your people, that's the only, they only needed four signatures. They got three. That's really the bottom line. Yeah. But uh, listen, 100 years ago, time goes by. I'm still friends with everybody, so who cares? But it really set Mike's career back. I mean, he could have directed a movie like this. And, um, who knows if it would have been better or worse? No one knows that. Um, right. Anyway, so um, on the set, though, it was tense. It was not 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 much improv. I was a little nervous because, you know, Frank, it was a weird set. And, of course, my trailer was next to your friend and mine, Ralph Macchio. And for the first three days, I let it go, man. I was like, hey, Ralph, how you doing? I was like, but you know, you know me, you got eight hours to kill and you're sitting on the steps of a little trailer, a Winnebago looking thing. And you're eight feet away from Karate Kid. Like, and Jimmy Plumbo's, you know, we, we, good evening, everybody. Ralph which, Macho. by the way, which, which, by the way, um, per source of a friend of mine, they are currently shooting Cobra Kai, the yes, new season right they now. Definitely are. They so. definitely are. Yeah. And Plumbo's nowhere near that set. Um, <laughs> I started busting his balls. Ralph, what's going on? He was this really nice guy. He, and then me and Deej, me and Deej on the set, because we're, we're roommates and stuff. So we were like, yeah, Deej was asking him questions and he was very forthcoming about his career. Because at the time, this is before Ralph did Dancing with the Stars. This is before Cobra Kai. Let me tell you something. Ralph Macchio was like nine games out with 20 to play. That's what He knows it, too. I, I don't mind saying he kept all his money. He's married. got two beautiful kids. All that stuff is fine. He never did drugs. He's not a jerk at all. But listen, he always played 18-year-olds. And after a while, you know, he made some money producing stuff. But, you know, his career was not in a, where it is now by any stretch. But right. he's a really nice guy and a talented guy as well. And we started, we just started having laughs. What was it like? You were 18, girls, Hollywood. And he was very like, no, no, no. Not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you. No, 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 Jimmy. I married my high school sweetheart. And then, of course, the next day I was like, Ralph, you mean to tell me you didn't hook up with anybody who asked the karate kid? And like, did, <laughs> then I'm like, did your friends get laid off of you? Like, I want to know. Like, <laughs> if, it was, this if, thing? if it was me, we'd be at Leggett's on a Friday night. Everybody would be getting involved, you know? And he's like, I didn't say never. And then we had some laughs. But we, I get it. He's a married guy. You want to be the one. Who the hell am I? But we had some laughs over that. And then, of course, the pitching machine, uh, she just loved me and Deej. And Infamous. Deej, me and Deej had some very funny conversations with her. She was talking about she has an open marriage and she's married to a porn director and producer. And me and Deej, of course, I was uh, dating my my future wife and Deej was dating his future wife as well. But like, she was like, yeah, I, you know, if you want to, to me, it's just sex. If you want to hook up with someone, that's cool. And Deej is looking at me like, but she did the funniest thing. She goes, I, I didn't know. I brought this suitcase. I didn't know if I needed any toys, sex toys or anything. And me and Deej were like, uh, did you read the script? It doesn't say anything <laughs> about that. Yeah. She opens up this suitcase. And let me tell you, you want to talk about getting involved from the Omni? There was things in there. Of course, Deej is just better at this than I am. He's like, oh, what's this? Like, he starts pulling stuff out of the suitcase. There's all kinds of things that wobble and spin and <laughs> lights going on. <laughs> and Deej was like, I don't know what any of these things do. <laughs> She's like, oh. And then she was like, she, it would be like talking to Derek G or no, talking to, to Charles Atlas. Oh, let me tell you what this machine does. You know, you want to butt your chest, your abs. Like she was doing that with all these toys and all this different stuff. And, oh, I just found out about these condoms. This one fixes your cornhole. How funny is that? I, I now have a device. <laughs> yes. It was exactly like that. Me and D's like, wow. So we, she ended up being the most normal person on the set. I and mean, she told me the thing I've said it on the show. She was like, well, you know, I'm like a five-time champ. I'm like, what do you mean? She goes, well, I've done phone sex. Uh, I've done uh, VHS tapes. I've done DVD tapes, streaming. And now I'm doing like dominatrix work. She's huh. studying it with some French guy. Like, oh, I was, But she was like, she was trying to say like, I won high school. We won a championship. I won a yeah, college. Right. Like she was like, Let, and I was like. Me NCAA and like, national yeah. champion, Super Bowl champion right, after that. Exactly right. MVP exactly right. both years. Yeah, I started calling her like Lou Alcindor. And I was like, this <laughs> But that was that was really well. Also, uh, like we, weird things about beer league. Like uh, Frank Pellegrino, the one that owns Rayos, the restaurant. He passed away though. He played Gina's dad. He was like not friendly on the set at all. <laughs> Maybe that was his character work because he was not supposed to be friendly in the scene. And I ended up going to Rayos once through uh, through somebody. Uh, and that, that's the restaurant where you can't only like the Pope and Frank Sinatra can get in. <laughs> and uh, now they make the Rayos sauce that's on every shelf. That's where they mm. made their big money. But um, 
uh, I, when I was at the restaurant, I was like, hey, I did the movie Beer League. And it was like, he went, yeah, 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 and walked away. I was like, Johnny <laughs> Trino, not getting involved there. Maybe he's still being Gina's dad. I don't know. But a lot of people don't realize that Scott Bayo was auditioned for uh, uh, Ralph Macho's role. No shit. And yeah, yeah. And then they were they were both going to be. What the hell has he done since Nothing. Charles was, in Charge? <laughs> the uh, I don't think he had a, a Charles in Charge Kai on his agenda. <laughs> but uh, he uh, then they were going to have them both in the movie. And then they were like, we can't have two '80s icons. I don't yeah, know, right? To me, it would have been great, but. Um, so listen. Also, I just want to make sure I mention everybody. I get everybody in there. Everybody. That, also, Seymour Cassell, who was kind of a big time actor. We had, the cast was amazing. We had like uh, Jim Brewer, Louis Lombardi, Tina Fey, Purple uh, Monkey. Yeah, Purple <laughs> Monkey. Uh, Nick DiPaolo, you, uh, Derek Jeter, very loving funny. mother. Very, very, very funny, dude. Jim Florentine's the catcher. He says to me, to Johnny Trino, "Don't you ever shut up." No, I don't. And I casually slap the base in. Um, we had an amazing cast. Tina <laughs> Fey. Not only do you casually, not only do you casually slap the face hit, you announce your average after that hit. It's so good. So good. <laughs> that comes from. You can ask Janine Michaud from Absolute Eyewear. There was one season where I didn't make out the first three weeks. I, I was like twelve <laughs> for twelve. And I made out. I'm like, so I went like this. She's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I'm just gonna count outs this year, not hits. It's easier, you know that kind of thing. So that wow. was running gay. And then I think I went over nineteen by like, over my mouth. Then we but, brought uh, you on the chops, chop sports team. It took you three weeks to get a hit. Get a hit because I'm, I'm aging, Johnny. Yes. Um, but it was it was a blast to do. And then we were supposed to have this huge screening in L.A. and Every major distributor, I'm talking to big boys like Disney, MGM, uh, 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 even the Harvey Weinstein company at the time. These were big. And I, it was going to be at CAA. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm all over this movie. You know how many executives are going to see me? Like, I should get, I could get roles off of this screening alone. Hey, hey that guy was good. Because at that point in my career, I'd done a bunch of shit. But you're getting seen by, like, the big dogs now. Like, you mm. know what I mean? Movers and shakers. The day before, I'm in my manager's office, Peter Principato, and someday I'm going to talk about Peter Principato on this podcast because the way they let an aging Jimmy Palumbo uh, fade away uh, will be talked about at another time. <laughs> um, he's I'm in his office, and he's a big-time manager now, artist first. And he's like, Jimmy, you're not going to believe it. The screening's canceled. I'm like, what are you talking about? It's tomorrow night. I was like, P I went out and bought a shirt for it. Like I was trying to be looking like a jerk-off, right? He's like... The company that wrote the check to make it, Echo Bridge, had a line item in there that said that they have first right to distribute the movie. Now, to distribute a movie back then before uh, streaming and all that, you have to have money if you call it P&A, print and advertising. That means all the newspapers, all the local television, and the prints themselves, you have to print the movie and you got to deliver it to Woodbridge Cinema, you know, mm -hmm. whatever, all the cinemas. So... You have it's almost like you have to have a million and a half, two million dollars just to do that. Plus, the cost of the movie was about a million bucks. They lie on IMDb, it's not that they're wrong on that. And so, I never forget, it. I was in the meeting uh, on a call, and Frank Sebastiano was like, What's your PA budget? What's your PA budget? And I like, don't worry about it, don't worry about it. And Frank was like, No, I, that's we, we're doomed. And of course, the movie was only released in Cleveland. Boston, New York, and Philly. So from like Boston straight through New Jersey all the way to Philly and Cleveland because Stern was big in Cleveland. And what they tried to do really was up, uppercut and try to make it a hit because per theater average, I don't want to get into details about Hollywood, but our per theater average wasn't bad, but all these guys wanted to do, get it out of the theater, get it on DVD, and DVDs that back then cost about four cents to make, sell it for 20 bucks to all the Howard Stern fans, and make millions and millions of dollars. Ten days in the theater, it was pulled, never to be seen again in the theaters. It wasn't not necessarily a bomb in the theaters. That's really just not accurate. It wasn't in long enough. It wasn't. It was only in four cities. It wasn't in Miami, L.A. That's why L.A. When I got to L.A., people were like, "What movie? I don't know that movie." Nobody knows Beer League in L.A. And but you do if you go to Cleveland, getting involved. And next thing you know, uh, it, it it just went into like shit world and. Uh, we ended up having a um, uh, right before that though we had our first uh, premiere was in Vegas, which was cool. We were treated like royalty up in Vegas. There, it was the Hard Rock. Me and Deej had our own room. We were we were partying. Artie, of course, was 
he's struggling with the heroin things. We had to be like, we barely even saw him. I brought my whole family was there. My nephews were little. They came. I had my, all my buddies from the, you know, Tommy, Bobby, Larry, all the gang. I still got a photo of it. I, I was like, you know what? I have a movie premiering in Vegas. Let's go and have a good time, you know? And people laughed. It was cool. It was like, it felt good to be like a little bit of a, a high roller in Vegas for about 45 minutes, really. Hmm. And um, then the movie came out in the city. And I remember Howard Stern sat right in front of me and my brother behind me. And afterwards, Howard turned to me. He goes, hey, man, you were, shook my hand. You were really, really good in that movie. So I got like a nice plug from Howard Stern. I thought, oh, maybe they'll have me on the show with Artie. Now, Jimmy Palumbo was never seen on the Howard Stern show. Uh, thanks, Art. Appreciate that. Um, <laughs> but uh, the um, it was cool to have Howard see it. He laughed and he was with uh, his girlfriend at the time. And um, we only got one round of residuals. Um, the uh, it's still in. I Bro, I, I remember. I remember when I bought it on Blu-ray. How about that? I bought it on Blu-ray, and it was divided with another movie. How about that? Yeah, well, that's what they do. Then they pack. It was like saw, it was like beer league and like fucking snow dogs with Cuba right, Gooding yeah, Jr. or some listen, shit. I was like, what the fuck? I saw. But it, I bought it because I wanted to see it. I saw it for in uh, back then. Those of you scoring at home, they used to sell DVDs um, at Best Buy. They had it for five dollars with five movies. All in a in a packet, but they were all movies like uh, Snow Dogs would have been like uh, you know that, that was like Titanic compared to what uh, <laughs> other movies. Are. Um, couple of funny things though about the movie. I did something uh, that I always wanted to do. I know you're gonna appreciate this. It's silly. It was a Jersey thing. We were playing on Friday nights that year, and I did something that I as we're getting closer to shooting. Um, I oh by the way when we shot the movie it's funny how they use the fake softballs like when I get hit in the back and dude the softballs were like 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 cotton balls you can't get hurt and I always tell I, people I, Jimmy I, I know oh you know that's right that's right you got involved <laughs> with that. Well, no, you didn't even see the really good ones the no ones those, are, those, those are still little, those are thick boys yeah you you were hit yeah you got yeah. well we talked you into doing stupid shit that's yeah what we well do. but we're gonna get to that in a second God bless America. But one of the things I did, which I think is really cool. Listen, my father started a softball team in Woodbridge in 1967. And we went all the way to 2019. Probably the one of the longer running so, private softball teams, slow pitch softball. Really, I have 45 years, whatever the hell it was. Um, and I was a manager for the last 30. And uh, when I was younger, I was a pain in the ass hitter, just like Johnny Trudeau. Second baseman's had a bad day. You know, you put the shitty guy at second base. I was like, mm -hmm. there's a shitty guy at second base. He's not going to be able to handle me. And then the third time up, they watch this guy, opposite field, opposite field. Third baseman would fall asleep. And I hit a rope down a third baseline. <laughs> uh, anyway, so, but I did something that I think is so great. I woke up in the morning, drove to Rutherford, shot a movie about softball. The movie got out in time. We, we wrapped it like four o'clock or Johnny Trino did. I got in my car, drove to Warren Park in Woodridge. With and makeup played, on. With makeup on. Played in a softball game. So now I shot a movie about softball. Listen to you, bro. Listen You're Deion Sanders now? Double dip? <laughs> it gets even better. Three for four on the day we won the game. All right. We go to Riffy's. We have a couple of beers. Then I drive down to... Uh, to um, Manasquan to my short house and all my buddies are there. And then I'm at my, by 1230, I was in Leggett's. And if someone said, what did you do today? Ah, well, <laughs> I shot a movie about softball. I was three for four in my softball game. I went to Riffy's, which, you know, I didn't mention that. And then I'm now here. I am at Leggett's drinking beer on the Jersey Shore. To me, I was like, that's a That's like a try. That's a triple crown right there. That's it like really a perfect is. day from the army. It, uh, it was a lot of fun. So what we did. It took us like six months and the last year, just so everybody knows what's going on. Uh, we, I, it took pain. I had to get a lawyer involved. I, I had the rights to shoot Beer League, the series. Obviously, we couldn't get Ralph Macho and Artie yet. Uh, none of them said no. They didn't say yes. They said, Jimmy, let's see what's going on. Artie's still making his comeback. He's on the comeback. He's on the comeback yeah. trail. And, um, uh, so uh, I have the rights to do it. The Beer League 2 LLC, whatever you want to call it. And uh, we shot, uh, we put them on last year. We shot five episodes, about two or three minutes long, about 15 minutes. And then in October, with Dave Sergio yourself, Dave D. Struction, we shot three more episodes. And what happened was, when we shot these episodes, we finally got out of the bar. We, uh, we learned from some of our mistakes we did with the first five. 
which people seem to enjoy it. I'm not saying it bombed, yeah. but it didn't go as viral as I wanted. And, and uh, you weren't doing my social media, of course. And uh, so uh, we we shot three more. And we got, uh, I don't want to reveal, I really don't want to reveal a plot because that's, I don't want to do that. It's just deeper. We, it's it's deeper. a little deeper. Right. And we realized that in order, in order to, how can I word this? By the way, Artie Lang is invited back. I mean, like, it's like, if he shows up while we're doing a take, like Dave, uh, step out of the camera. Artie's going to do the scene now mm -hmm. uh, that quickly. And it, we, we we shot it, and all of a sudden, when we looked at the footage, our director, Tom Ballinger from 624 Productions, God bless, he was like, you know what, Jimmy? If we take these three and then take a little bit from episode one or two. So basically, we took the three we just shot, a little bit from the first five, and now we have a full-blown pilot. It all blends together, and we're going to try to sell it to people um, now the legitimate way with getting a Bible, which means you have a whole list of things that are going to happen in the series, where the characters go. We're going to have char better character descriptions, what happens. And there's some cool things in it. I think plot wise, not plot wise, uh, character wise that are very interesting. I think in a good way to go. And we're going to try to grow it beyond Seymour Cassell, Artie Lang, Ralph Macchio. We don't have them. So I got to do the best I can. And I think we did a pretty good job, of course. And this is a letter to Tom Boldinger right now. Um, it's February, Tom, and we're <laughs> supposed to have this pilot uh, done. Listen, listen. He wants and it perfect, and he, he wants, wants it perfect, good. And I, yeah. I, I just, you know, it it's better be like picked I mean, up by fucking Fox. <laughs> if I if I hear if I hear the announcer say Yankees are five games back here on a June, a perfect, you know, um, I'm told that this thing will be done. Within the next, I guess within the next two weeks, we're waiting, we're waiting on the score. So we're even going to have a score on this one, which is cool. And What's the score, a Jimmy? Time. What's the score What's to the, the, score? the, to the, to so, the common man at home? Yeah. And so me and Dave, now we're not going to put it on YouTube right away. You're not going to see clips of it. There may be a trailer we'll do, maybe. So that's kind of a drag that even once it's done, Dave and I will see it. And then we're going to, we really, I really want to try to pitch it the right way. I want to go for it. And if yeah. we strike out, then we'll blast it all over the place. And then we're going to be doing a fundraiser to raise money to shoot another episode one through five, try to get some real money in there and try to shoot this and try to see if it's got Cobra Kai legs. And I think I can get Ralph to do a cameo um, if we get the right funding for all this crap. So that's where we're at. That's beer league. I love doing it. Uh, I, people stop me on the street all the time. Uh, any Jer in Jersey anyway, like, Oh my God, the guy from beer league. It happens. Like, like my daughter gets a kick out of it. Of course she's 15. She can't watch it yet. And, um, uh, it, it was just a great thing to do. I got relationships for life. Uh, you know, Frank Sebastiano, he came to a couple stand-up shows I did in LA. Anthony Mastromaro, we were at a, um, we were at a show, um, last week, a comedy show. Uh, so, uh, you know, just Seymour, of course, passed away and a bunch of guys, Ralph Macho, I have his cell phone. Uh, he, I'll text him. He'll text me back. And I, I, I don't bother him that much. It was just a, a me and Deej, of course, Alphonse was great. In it. Uh, by the way, Alphonse is totally in the, in the series, by the way. Um, I got to give a shout out to my meet, meet your heroes. I know they say don't meet your heroes. Meet your heroes. They're all they're all really good guys. I had a ball. You had a book. That was the time. Yeah, I guess we can talk about life. that. It was fun to watch you. Now, when you were doing a couple of your takes, and again, it's tough tough to do this, but I I really don't want to reveal anything. I just no, I know. I could tell like Tom uh, was, and I'm like, you know what? I didn't do this on the first five. I was like, I I, I got to talk to Dave. If I talk to him, he'll. I think he'll. I'm just going to talk to him. He'll know. I'm not saying I'm a director. But I was like, I was like, you know, I, I think my, my note was, Dave, you you got to be a, you're an asshole here. Yeah. Because what what happens is you're, you're not on a an scale asshole. of like here and Maganelli's yeah, yeah, here. Yeah. Just go here. Yeah, yeah you got to go higher, like, oh, right? right? Yeah. You, so be more of a you know more more creepy, more of a dick, more of a sleaze. <laughs> you know, and sometimes you need a note like that. Well, uh, you yes, could have twenty one year old Dave Sturgeo. <laughs> but you could have gone the other way. You could have been playing it. Too bit uh, higher. I was like, no, 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 Dave, 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 Dave. <laughs> you're not a, you're not Charles Manson. Don't do that. Here. Don't do that. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. Um, and I, I think you did a pretty good job. Uh, uh, and you actually had a tough. Uh, you had a couple of tough things to do. I thought, and there was there is a scene that takes place where I couldn't watch you do it. Uh, takes nobody place could, in, nobody could, yeah. except for the person down the camera and the person well, involved outside of me. Right, and I was and just we like, were, yeah, because I knew if I was in the room watching you do that. 
you would have I know if I gave you one look, <laughs> you would have you would have been able to keep a straight face. I'm gonna joke about it now though. It's no, no, fun. No, I can't no, wait to see no, it. No, were, I mean yeah, I he, can and I I can and I can't because it's just they, like I see it, can't show the line. You lost like eight pounds in doing the shooting of that because you were sweating the stuff you had to do. Then you actually had to do manual stuff. You had to wear no, no stunt double, no none insurance, none of, <laughs> none of that shit. I'm getting involved. Listen, former pro wrestler Dave Destruction knew how to do certain things. So I, I'll leave it at that. Was I, was, I wasn't awful. I did my own stunts. I'm not bad. I, I will say that the one day we shot, it was about nine degrees with a 70 mile an hour wind. I, Everybody had windbreakers on. Remember how cold it was? Everybody yeah, here was, I come with yeah, cut off sleeves. Cut off sleeves. Oh my god, it what was so douche. great. Uh, but we have some cool shots in it, so that's what we're doing. All right, well, that's about it here at Shea. I think I talked about everything, Beer League. Yeah. Um, go check out Game Day, though. I, we should let's try to get that up on your. Uh, Is that allowed? I guess so. Yeah. Right? I, I think. I you well, tell me who owns, who owns the rights. I can rip it right off of YouTube and put it on ours, but like I don't know. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Try it. Uh, we'll see. Right. I, think. Fuck I, it. I don't know. I know I own the right. I guess I do. I don't even know. <laughs> you might want to figure that out. I got to you know, get involved here. But listen, yeah. I appreciate everybody tuning in. I know I'm Montreal here. This quick trip came out of nowhere. I'm skiing uh, a couple days and I'm, I'll be home and we'll go from there. Uh, but that's it. I got nothing else to say. Oh, I guess I do got something else to say here from the Omni. What else did I forget? Don't forget our sponsors. Pine Tar, Byron Grill. <laughs> we got uh, CornholeLevel.com. Uh, go check out 20% off JP Show, CornholeLevel.com. Absolute Eyewear, 42 Main Street in Woodbridge, 732-326-3937. Um, go check them out down by the train station in Woodbridge. Good people, Craig and Johnine. And one of the characters was based on Craig, who struck out the most ever in history of softball. <laughs> he hates when I say that, but I tell his kids. Then we got, of course, ChasingMiracles.com. They're always a fan favorite here. Go get your patches. And Pine Tar Bar and Grill in Forkin River, 609-489-4286. Getting involved. Best sports bar in America, according to me. And, of course, Lisa Rowane, certified therapist, 201-725-1251. If you're in a jam, you're not feeling right, give her a call. She'll walk you through it. And um, that's about it from the Omni. And... Um, I will see you guys next week. Dave, you got anything? Back in the States next week, Jimmy. Yes, back in the States. Of course, there's migration issues here in Canada. You didn't want me to go there, did Jimmy, you? Jimmy, get the fuck out of there. <laughs> <laughs> migrate means, you know, this the migration stuff is too funny. Uh, I know not, not the most non-political guy. Though. It's, all I know is it's nine degrees here, and everybody's walking around in, like, T-shirts. They're like, oh, it's not that bad. I'm like, not that bad. What, are you nuts? You know, we're, in, we're in the plus side. It's and like, everybody, you know, another thing, I feel like, like when you hang out in Montreal, I'm on my second day. I'm acting like I'm, a, I'm like a fan favorite here. Yeah. I feel like going, hey guys, enough with the French now. You guys, are, you're <laughs> like, like you're like an hour away from ski areas in Vermont. Like we just, it was a nice thing in the '50s and '60s, but like everybody, like you know, and then you find out everybody speaks English anyway. So it's like, yeah, of course. I know it's like a Louisiana ESL. purchase. ESL is what we call it. Now. ESL France. English as a second language. Yeah, it's like all these things, like you know, Bermuda's England, like stop, everybody enough already. It's just like <laughs> everybody's speaking English here. It's ridiculous. Breaking news: everybody's speaking English. Jimmy yeah, Palumbo. Yeah, that'll do yeah, it. You know what I mean? It's like enough. Of course, I'm only joking. It's actually cool that I enjoyed France when I was there shooting the family, and I'm certainly enjoying my time here. All right, kids, that'll do it here from downtown. Montreal, Canada, here in Quebec province. Oh, provinces are getting involved. You hate to see that. All right, man. I'll talk to you.